Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. So Sarah, what do you know about Jaws? It was a Jaws TV show? Uh, no. We're talking about the movie today, Sarah. What? <laughs> you know, with, with James Bond and there's the, the big guy with the metal teeth. Yeah, sure. Jaws. But, strangely, this show is called Pilot House. We watch television programs. We do, but I think we also like to talk about, like, interesting writing and, and things that sort of change the game and stuff that has robot sharks in. Yeah. So... Jaws. This is something we've been talking about for a while, and I think we hinted at it in the season four finale. We but, did. Uh, we had been thinking about doing some movies, so I suddenly, in a fit of pique, decided I wanted to watch Jaws for the first time. The first movie ever made. <laughs> Jaws uh, invented films, much the same way that Serial invented podcasts. That's that's right. The fir- the the only podcast. Yep. So we, I don't know, it's something that I had been thinking about for a while. Uh, I have never seen Jaws because I do not like horror movies and I don't like scary things. And I have a very low tolerance for violence and gore. So, you know, it all adds up to I've never seen Jaws. But I've heard so many things about it and it is so lauded as an excellent film, uh, as a significant film to many people. Uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to be a big girl, <laughs> I'm gonna put my big girl pants on, and watch Jaws. And we decided we, sh- we, we simply must save this for posterity. Yeah. So this is our first ever Pilot House at the Movies! <laughs> I'm going to have to all that having been said, <laughs> what do you know, Sarah, about Jaws? Uh, yeah, this one's almost hard because I know so many things about it. And yeah, I'm sure that some things will be twisted or wrong. Right. But, um, okay, there's a shark. The shark's name is Bruce, but not on camera. And the shark is eating people at a beach. And people are like, close the beach. There's a shark. And a guy in a fancy suit goes, we can't close the beach. It's a holiday weekend. <laughs> and then more people get eaten, and then maybe they do close the beach. Uh, and anyway, some guys, one of whom is Richard Dreyfus, uh, get on a boat and get, try to go get the shark. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, a, a guy goes on a really weird speech. I can't wait to hear in context about how sharks have doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that quote out of context Two different times in, a, in like a, a comedy sketch yeah. or something like that. And I'm really excited to find out how that ties into this film. Um, I think that's it. I know you don't see the shark very much. And originally you were going to see the shark more. But then the robot shark was not that great. Yeah. And they were like, oh, maybe we won't show it on screen so much. And that ended up being the thing that made the film as good as it was. Because it was very suspenseful that you didn't see the shark constantly. So... Uh, also, I know that there was, um, a, a movie in the last 10 years released called Jaws in Japan or something. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Where it, that was like sued and they had to change the name to like Mega 
terrible killer shark action go or something because but, but google like jaws in japan it's yeah. hysterical there's like yeah. <laughs> the most realistic shark attack scene ever oh yeah definitely ever. extremely extremely realistic uh i have seen jaws but it was 20 years ago oh okay on this very night <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of late October, about 20 years ago, that I saw Jaws. Uh, and I remember there being shockingly way more, like, civic politics about, like, do we close the beach? Do it Like, then there should have been in a movie that is billed as being about a shark. Like, I remember, like, being at 13 and just being like, what is, like... I am here for kill a shark, blood and guts... And maybe some bikinis. Yeah, like, some girls in bikinis. Yeah. I am not here... For a man in a whimsical suit to talk about, you know, how important it is to the community to have a beach. Yeah. That is like a very strong memory I have of this film from when I was younger. And then there was, there was one other thing. Oh, uh, I am also really excited to see the doll's eyes speech in context. Uh, because of something that I will tell you after you've seen the movie. Oh, so, okay. Stick around, folks. We're going to go watch the movie. And yeah, then don't I'll... listen to only part of this podcast. And then uh, I'll tell Sarah the thing. So, Ooh, uh, I can't wait. So we'll see you all. All right. I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm questioning my decision to watch this movie now, but it is, it is a nice day. It's like an early afternoon. I think I can handle it. it I, I think you can handle it, Sarah. It's, it's, it's... Do not underestimate what a, what a baby, what a big baby I am. Remember when we watched What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, yeah. And I had to cover my eyes several times. Sarah, do you know what this movie is rated? Well, well, given the time period, I'm assuming PG. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, that still blows my mind. Well, PG means parental guidance suggested. Yeah. They just used to leave that more open to be like, yeah, it's up to you, parents. But yeah. That's not... What's like, a, like, uh... Yeah, Grease was PG, I think. I think Airplane is or PG. Grease might have been G, actually. Airplane is PG, and there's, like, full frontal nudity in that movie. There is? Yeah, the, the scene no. where... Every, yeah, the scene in the mo- in the plane where everybody's, like, panicking and freaking out, and then, like, the torso of a topless woman, like, runs in front oh, of the camera for a second. that's full frontal nudity. Okay, oh, yeah, that's... Boobs. Bo- frontal nudity. There oh, are boobs. Full frontal nudity. I th- full frontal means head to toe, my friend. Okay, full. I think it was neck to hips. Okay, all right. That's more than you'd expect. But yeah, like, yeah. I was like, no, surely no. No, you don't see the fronts of her bare kneecaps. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I love referring to when you see like someone from naked from but from behind. I like referring to that as full backle nudity, and that's something only I find amusing. You should you should edit that out. You will. Uh, you'll get to see some full backle nudity in uh, Jaws. So, uh, Love a good butt. Well, on that note, let's go watch Jaws. Yay! We just watched Jaws. Holy... Yeah, it's... Okay, it was a lot. What, how, what, what, what minute marker do you think we were at where I said, I don't know if I can watch the rest of this movie? You, we were about halfway. It yeah. was like at the, after the, the, like, the final... Attack, shark attack. Yeah. Okay. Oh, also for the record, we didn't say this explicitly. I think it's pretty clear if you listen to podcasts, but we're going to go into spoilers as we always do. Oh, yeah. On episodes of this show. Here would be spoilers. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think it was, it was actually when it kind of settled down after the last shark attack, which I didn't know it was going to be the last one. Yeah. I, I think that was the point where I was like, I don't, because that first half 
plus of the movie is like almost constant tension. And then you have a lull for a while and then the tension ramps back up when they're on the boat towards the end. But like you get a you get a break. Yeah. Which I, which I really needed. Once once I realized how relieved I was to have a bit of a break in the movie, I actually turned to change. I'm like, can we actually pause the movie for a second? And I need to like to walk outside, take a deep breath, <laughs> the fresh air, just sort of oh, center myself in reality before we go back. This yeah. is this is what I'm like. So we've never done one of these movie episodes before, so we're gonna kind of figure out the structure as we go a little bit. I think. I don't think we need to do a one sentence recap, do we? No. Uh, uh, I, I don't think we do. Oh, and what what was what 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 were we wrong about? Is the normal first segment? Was I wrong about anything? No. I forgot a bunch of things that I knew about it. Uh-huh. There, every five minutes, it seemed like something was happening, and I go, "Oh yeah, I knew about that. Oh, I've seen that shot before. Oh, I know that quote." But right. well, it's it's also like this film is so influential. Yeah. Even what what's wild to me watching it now, as opposed to twenty years ago, is twenty years ago it was so influential, but now it's almost more influential than it was like just thinking about I, I know you haven't watched stranger things but like so much of like the production design of stranger things in terms of like the bronco that the sheriff in stranger things drives is like meant to harken back to jaws and like sort of the way they're structuring the shots around the car it's just like like little things like production design things yeah that this movie had sometimes just because of where it was filmed it was yeah. just kind of like the lucky shots, and then right, yeah. they turn into things that other people are trying to get a little bit more deliberately. Yeah. Uh, I well, in terms of the what we know segment, I had mentioned that I remembered this movie as having an inordinate amount of like town mayor drama, and holy shit, it does. Yeah. Like it's almost the most stressful thing is not like the yes. dun, dun 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 with the shark. Yes, exactly. the The tension of that first half of the movie is equal parts shots of like a dog. A baby, a fat lady, who's going to be the next victim, and shots of people's legs underwater and all that stuff. It's half that, and it's half this fucking mayor Yeah. with his whimsical fucking sport coats will not, oh my god, like that was just as bad almost. I mean, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't expect that actually to start right off the bat. Like, I didn't expect the, the, the chief goes like, we need signs. Where are the beach clothes signs? Well, we've never needed any. It's like, yeah. that starts right off the bat. And that, like, and then the mayor and all the other guys are, like, immediately on the, like, this could have been a boat accident. Even the freaking coroner. Yeah. I want that man's license revoked. License to coron? I want that man, I want his career ruined. That coroner who's long dead. Oh. I couldn't believe that he was like, well, that's not what you told me yesterday. And he's like, mm, yesterday the mayor hadn't slipped me a fat wad of cash. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, uh, that them going on the little ferry and then being like, okay, come right back. Yeah. Freaking Boy Scouts in the water. I was like, come on. The whole thing with the mayor was, I swear, half of the tension. It, yeah. it was so distressing. Even right up until the moment where he's like, okay, and now you're going to do the right thing, right? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hire Quint. Yeah, we're gonna hire. He signed this. The guy's still like, like I was I was acting in the best interest of my community. He's like, it's like he's rehearsing a speech. Uh-huh. He's trying to rewrite the narrative in his head. And I was like, 
holy fuck, is he going to talk himself out of signing the document? And I was like, please, I cannot handle any more of this mayor. And then he finally, you don't even see him do it. I feel like in a movie now, they would show a close-up of him actually writing it because it'd be yeah. so satisfying. You just hear him, the pen scratching on paper off camera. And I was like... And he's okay, not even looking at okay. it when he does it. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, so great. okay, please, this better not be a fake out. And he didn't actually sign it because that was very stressful. Yeah, it shows, anyway. a, shows a close-up and it's like, eat shit, asshole. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so that was very tense, and then I appreciated a chance to sort of recover and some surprisingly jaunty. We're on an adventure music yeah. until it started to ramp up again at the end. I love the way the movie sort of gives you in the first half. It gives you this kind of building, ramping tension with the mayor and the shark attacks and everything like that. And then about the point where you're hitting exhaustion with that. You get the nice break of them recruiting Quint, going to see. Yeah. And then it builds up to another tension, like scary, all that. But like, it's a very different tension. Yeah. Especially at first when they're on the boat, they're doing something. We're finally acting. Yeah. About, <laughs> just, we're finally doing something about this wacky shark situation. Like, it, the action helps a lot. Yeah. That finally they've let Quint do his thing. We're at least trying the Quint method. And it's just, Quint and Hooper are kind of working together. Yeah. They're giving each other shit, but for the most part, they're working together. And there's so many things that I was bracing for that then didn't happen that are more current film things. Yeah. Like, you know, making a meal of Brody being afraid of the water. They never did. It was a fact. Mm -hmm. It played into how his character behaved, mm -hmm. but there was never a scene where he's like, all right, we're going to get on the boat and go get the shark. And he went, oh, 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 I can't do it. Or like, like, like the word swam before his eyes. There was, they didn't make as much a meal of certain things as they could have, mm -hmm. which I really appreciated because it gets kind of tiresome. Yeah, you didn't you didn't need to. There's, there's so many things in this movie that are actually really understated. Yes. Like the it's something I hadn't noticed before uh you know, 20 years ago. I, <laughs> I didn't remember about this movie, but when they're comparing scars and it's kind of this like really lovely bonding moment I for I love that scene so much. Quentin Hooper and then <laughs> There's just the one shot of Brody, and he's got his shirt pulled up, and you can see he has a gunshot wound. And then he pulls his shirt back down. It's, like, really understated. Oh, I missed that. Because he's like, he's like, should I get in on that? And he's like, no. And suddenly, like, oh. the way you think about his whole character arc of having left the city... You know, because he's all, yeah. like, he left New York... And yeah, like, they don't make a big thing of that either. No. It's established as part of his character and the setup here that he left New York to live in a small town where nothing ever happens. I feel like in a movie today, they've done that a million times. In yeah. movies or TV shows today, they're constantly saying, nothing ever happens in a town like Amity. It's yeah. constantly being harped on. People are constantly saying, I can't believe this is happening here of all places. And it's just, they don't harp on it. And I just, it's so nice. I, sometimes I forget, I don't watch movies from the 70s that much. Mm -hmm. And I kind of forgot how like, they just didn't harp on things. They didn't hit you over the head with things nearly as much as is more common these yeah. days. Even the way that scenes play out is so different. You know, yeah, this is yeah. something that's so true of that era as well. Where it's like, like the scene where his wife says, uh, Brody's wife says goodbye to him before he gets on the boat. Yeah. Is a single shot. 
It's like panning across them, walking over, yeah. and they're hugging, and then he walks down, climbs on the boat, and then it pans to follow her back as she walks away. It's like, the shot is like two minutes long or something. It's a very long shot. Yeah. And there's a lot of shots like that in this movie where it's like the whole dialogue exchange, almost the whole scene is a single shot and the characters are just existing there, which then leads to the, one of the things I commented on to you while we were watching it was the way people really physically exist in the space. Like people are like fiddling with things or like actually drinking the wine that they pour. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's very tactile in a way that I feel like so many modern movies aren't. Yeah. I, I love too. I thought you were going to mention the scene where, uh, he says to his wife, he gives his wife their younger child mm-hmm. and is like, take him home. And she says, to New York? <laughs> and he just goes, no, home here. And she just, she just walks away. It, and I, again, again, I feel like in a modern movie, there'd be a whole scene where she was like, I'm taking the kids and going back to New York. This place yeah. is crazy or something like that. And yeah, it was one line to be like, I'm just saying maybe we should go back to New York. But um, th- the one thing I really wanted to mention before I forget, you were talking about subtlety. Mm-hmm. And the thing I almost started talking about and then went, well, save it for the podcast, is the autopsy scene. Mm-hmm. Another thing that would have been so much more over the top and hit over the head would was the when Hooper walks in. We still don't really know Hooper very much. We don't know much about him. He walks in to view the body of the first girl who was killed. Mm-hmm. And he's got his little, like, laugh mic? He's got, like, a little recording device or yeah. something. It was like... Clear, it must have been it was supposed to be like very high tech looking to mm-hmm. indicate this guy has a lot of money and he has tech that he doesn't right. even need. Like it could have just been a handheld recorder. Um, he lifts up the sheet and starts, looks at her and immediately his face is like, oh God, I'm not used to this. You get the yeah. immediate, his whole, all his body language is he's not used to this. He's probably seen pictures mm-hmm. of shark wounds. He's never seen one in person before maybe. Right. And he asks the coroner, like, could I, could I get a glass of water? But then he powers through it. He doesn't go, ooh, yeah. I've never actually seen one of these before. Oh, boy. And then he doesn't, like, after he's done, he's not like, I need to, and then he doesn't throw up off screen. It's it's subtle. It's yeah. just telling us something about the character. It just I know I'm harping on this, and people who probably watch a lot of 70s movies, and even some 80s movies, are like, have you never watched a movie from this period? Look, I'm not that young. <laughs> yeah. But, it, it's, but yeah. It, it's, it's the kind of thing you notice when you've had more modern fare yeah. lately. I mean, yeah. I'm, I was feeling the same way watching a lot of these scenes that they're just like the way, even the way that they have the um, the sound mix for a lot of like the crowd, crowded scene, like oh, when everybody's yeah. having the town hall meeting or whatever. And everybody's talking over each other. And you really can't hear any... There's oh, Nothing yeah. is able to be clearly heard. Even just some of the scenes where there are four or five people, like, yeah. I couldn't... I was like, I can't hear anything they're saying. And then I went... I was about to say, like, do we need to put on the subtitles? And then I went, no, you know what? If I can't hear it... I don't usually have problems yeah. here uh, parsing. And a lot of people do have troubles with that and use subtitles for that. That's never been a problem for me. So I decided, you know what? If I can't hear what they're saying, that might be intentional. You're not really necessarily need to hear what they're saying. So I let it go. But yeah, the, the, it was not a lot of care was given to making sure you heard every single line. Because I think a lot of those scenes are, are almost more textural. Yeah. Like it's that, like at the very beginning when the, uh, when Brody wakes up in bed with his wife and they have this little exchange and they're kind of half asleep. I did not get asleep. a single word. Yeah. You're like, I didn't get a single word of that. And I was like, 
I thought about like telling you what they said and I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just like he sleepily says something about like, oh, why is the sun shining in this window? It shouldn't. And she goes, we bought the house in the fall. It's summer. It's oh. like some sort of thing like that where it's just like. Just establishing they recently bought this house. This is their first year. Yeah. Which is then continually established later. So yeah. it's not that important. Yeah. And then but she says like something the, about the boys. Yeah. So, yeah. I got that. I got the boys. And I'm like, okay, so they have kids maybe. But it's like a texture of like, this is a married yeah. couple. They're like, they're not even awake yet. And they're like already talking to each other about that. You know, it's like they're already communicating. I, I actually also, I really love their relationship, especially in that we don't see that much of it. Yeah. She doesn't have a very strong character, which is going to sound weird to say that that's, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like in a current movie, she would have a very strong character, but it would be very two dimensional. Yeah. She would have one character note nag or um you know flying off the handle or not taking things seriously or whatever her character note was and in this she just was a person and they had little moments like you want to get drunk and fool around he's like oh yeah (laughs) and then we we don't see it it doesn't lead into a sex scene or something it's just they're a couple they care about each other they have kids but they you know they're still in love and yeah this her when he's going out on the boat and she's She's doing the like, oh, you're, um, I, I packed some uh, Dramamine and, uh, the, the zinc oxide for your nose. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'd forgotten that in so many shots I've seen of them on the boat, initially he, the he does have the zinc nose. oxide yeah. on his nose. I was thinking about that recently. Like, why, why was that a thing? And why is it like, what, what was the big change in sunscreen technology <laughs> that we no longer needed to put white paint just on our noses. Also, why was it just on the nose? I know the nose burns, like, more than other parts of your face, but it's not like you can't burn the rest of your face. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a total derailment that's not important right now. I mean, every, it's all important, Sarah. It's all vital information. The zinc oxide on the nose thing just made me think of one of my favorite dynamics in the film is once you get Brody, Hooper, and Quint on the boat together... Yes. The way those three personalities play off of each other, because Brody is a very competent, intelligent person who's yeah. actually really, he's really smart. Yeah. But he is so far out of his element that he is not useful. Yeah. But he, but he tries. Yeah. And he does become kind of useful. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. They don't just play. This guy doesn't know boats the whole time. Yeah. Like he endangers. Hooper, he, he, the yeah. rope goes around his legs and it, it hurts him. But, like, that doesn't end up playing into anything later. It doesn't cause a big problem. Yeah, yeah. His legs aren't injured in a way that prevents him from doing something later or whatever. It's just a little moment of, like... It was almost like a public service announcement. Like, remember, folks, when you're on a boat, ropes are no joking matter. Yeah. They really take a guy's legs off. You know, it's... But it's that, that subtlety again where... They've set up that he's a, he's afraid of the water. Yeah. He doesn't like the water. Yeah. And at the end, he does have to face his fear. It's just yeah. not, they're not rubbing your face in it. Because, like, yeah. he is literally sinking toward the water, and he has to focus on shooting at the shark. Yeah. Instead of panicking about the fact that he's about to get wet. Yeah, yeah. It's so... And he, he, he handles his fear pretty well. Like, yeah. His fear of water ends up being more about the fact that they have to teach him boat stuff and he doesn't know boat stuff mm-hmm. by virtue of not spending time on boats. And instead, 
it, 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 it it's that instead of it being him constantly being like, oh no, the water, you know. Yeah. It it's nice. It's nice. It's yeah. subtle, and I like the interplay between these three three characters. They're both very good at what they do, and mm-hmm. but they're also so freaking different. I was commenting during the movie that like. The differences between Quint and Hooper are stacked so high. Yeah. They really made them have as much difference as possible. One young, one old. One lots of money, mostly in like one not. One spends most of his time in academia and like, you know, using, you know, like learning. The other one gets his hands dirty. Yeah. One is high tech, one is low tech. Like so many. They stack the differences so high. One is short and one is tall. That beautiful shot at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Where I went, oh, I forgot Richard Dreyfus was so small. <laughs> but they don't harp on it again. Yeah. And yet, Quint and Hooper both have like so much history with sharks. Yeah. Like, once that- they once they settle down and they have a drink together and they start comparing scars, it's like Yeah. It's like Quint goes you're all right. You're yeah. not just a city boy. You've gotten your hands dirty. I, yeah. I was, I was wrong about you. And that, that's such a fun thing about the about the movie, too, is, like, the way everybody kind of has these arcs, right? So, like, Hooper's got his water arc. Quint has his, like, warming up to Hooper arc. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even when he, like, says, like, what, what can you do with all this high-tech shit? You yeah, know, like, yeah. It's like, all right, well, we'll try it your way now that I've wrecked the boat and right. almost killed us. Yeah, when there's that moment when, like, they're like, you know, he keeps saying, he can't go back under with three barrels. He can't. And then he fucking does. He's like, he walks in, gets the gear, brings yeah. it out and goes, okay, tell me how this gear works. We'll try it your way. He doesn't, like, Quint doesn't die because he refuses to try the tech. Yeah. Right? Like, they do eventually try it, you know. Yeah. Anyway, the... And it's just more in the column of subtlety and just people being human beings in addition to whatever their character notes are. Yeah, I mean, the the only, like, truly one-note shitty person in this movie is the mayor. Oh, boy. Yeah, that freaking mayor. Amity, as you know, means friendship. Do we know that? Did I know that? I don't think I knew that. That is one of the lines that I knew and I forgot... As oh, soon yeah. as I saw the mayor in that sport coat with the anchors, I went, oh, I forgot to mention in the what we know that Amity, as I know, means friendship. That character introduction of Quint is so great. Oh, like, God, the fingernails on the chalkboard. I had to, to, to put my fingers in my ears. It was so horrible. But, but yes, it's a great character reveal. Everyone's just talking and all of a sudden they all turn around like, who the fuck? And then he starts going like, that's right. Ten thousand, I'll kill him. You get the head, the tail. I mean, you you pretty get you pretty much get the whole shark. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many crusty old dangerous guy reveals in movies. Yeah. That are that. I don't. I'm not gonna say for sure that that was the first one. There could be earlier ones, but I feel like that was the inspiration for a lot. Of filmmakers who later revealed a tough guy who, like, shuts a room down by being a weirdo and then says a bunch of threatening shit. It's just so great, because, like, he... The actor just sells it so hard. Well done, Robert Shaw. And it, like... did it. The slow... Also, just, like, the slow zoom on him as that monologue starts. And he's delivering that monologue in front of 
a chalkboard that has like a terrible childish <laughs> like cartoon a child of a shark. Drawing of a shark. Yes. You, you, it doesn't really register because you're just like <laughs> so deep in this guy's like yeah thing, and it's like he just drags you down into this like Shakespearean like depth of like uh, kill the shark. You know that whole yeah. thing, and then yeah. finally Dale. goes the teeth, the fins, the rib cage. <laughs> The hutch! I mean, he's he's not going to get that money now, though, because he did not deliver the yeah, head yeah. or the tail or any other part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who gets is, that $10,000 now? Well, obviously Brody. Well, and, 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 well, uh, I was going to say, legally they probably make the split it between Brody and Hooper, but I would hope that Hooper would be like, it's all good, buddy. You, you just keep that. That's for you. But the um, <laughs> You're the one who actually shot the guy. It just, it, it sinks down into that monologue from Quint. Yeah. And then it finally goes back to, like, the reverse shot happens. It goes back to the mayor and everybody, and everyone's just like, okay, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that information. Uh-huh. Um, does anyone else have anything to say? Like, it's just, it's great, because, like, this dude just absolutely walks in and just, like, you know takes control of the room, but then it doesn't change the direction that things are headed. Yeah. And yeah. it's almost like... I even said at some point, I was like, where is Quint? Where yeah. is Shark, where's, where's Shark Guy? Is he just out in a boat, like, keeping an eye peeled? Yeah. Or did he just go like, I told you, you gotta pay me first, and is he just twiddling his thumbs in his, yeah, just, in his shed full of shark jaws? Yeah, he's just boiling shark jaws <laughs> just, in the shed. Just, just hanging out, drinking apricot brandy. <laughs> okay. such... That's such a specific... I don't know if apricot brandy... I know brandy was more popular in the 60s and 70s than it is now. But was apricot brandy specifically... It's the kind of thing that happens in an older film and you go, did that mean something to audiences at the time? Mm -hmm. The fact that this guy drinks apricot brandy, was that the perfect on-the-nose drink for that guy to drink? Or was it kind of a fun moment of like... He would expect this guy to want whiskey. No, nope, apricot brandy or something like that. I, I, It's lost now. It just seemed like, that's a weirdly specific request. Two cases of apricot brandy and a color TV. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me two cases of apricot brandy. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Quint and Quint's monologues, the other big monologue, you referenced it in the What yes. We Know. Yes, yes. I did not actually expect the context to help. I just assumed that was going to be some weird shit. Yeah. But the context kind of did. It's still weird. The doll's eyes is like, a doll is the least threatening thing you could have compared this Mm -hmm. shark to. But his whole story about being being on the USS Indianapolis. Yeah. Like, that was so... Like, it just told you everything you needed to know about the character. And it did make that little bit, like, make a little more sense. Like, mm-hmm. that he survived. And his whole thing about, that's why I'll never wear... A life jacket. A life again. jacket. And again, that that comes up later, but very subtly. They get to a point where the ship is starting to, to take on significant water. Half of the boat uh-huh. is kind of in the water. He goes in, gets two life jackets, and hands them to either of the guys, and then just sits down on the side of the sh- boat. Like, yeah. he doesn't put one on, but he, he doesn't... It's like there's a scene at the end where they're like, take the life jacket! And he's like, never! It's yeah. just that little moment. It's just character stuff. Yeah. That's why he's like, the waiting was the worst part. Even though he survived and has lived, you know, 40 years more of a life, he still, in a way, wishes he hadn't because the waiting was so yeah. terrible. He almost wishes he'd just died, which says 
again, a lot about his character. Mm-hmm. You learn everything you need to know in that monologue. And it's, again, it's the subtle, the like, the subtlety thing. Yeah. Where the monologue doesn't end with him going, that's why I fucking hate sharks. Right, yeah. It's like, we get it. Yeah. And when Hooper, like, invites himself to dinner, uh-huh. he's clearly not expected. And he shows up with two bottles of wine, and I'm like, oh, overkill. And then I went, oh, one red and one white. He's going to say something like, I don't know what you'd prefer. And then he says, I didn't know what you'd be serving. It's like, he really thought that he was just being invited to dinner? Was there a line cut where Brody threw off like, a, a, oh, yeah, you should come over for dinner sometime, and Hooper took it too seriously? Like, it's such a weird line, but... His wife, Brody's wife, says, so, uh, my husband tells me you're in sharks. And they all kind of laugh at, like, the turn of phrase. Yeah. I've never heard it said that way. But he says, yes, I, I love sharks. And he describes this kind of terrifying experience. It's a, a terrifying child. experience. Yeah, like yeah. A childhood, like, it's, he went out fishing as a yeah. kid and, like, a, a, a relatively small but still big for a, to a kid shark, like, eats his whole boat, basically, and he has to swim back to shore. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and I've been obsessed with them ever since. That's his his experience. As a child, he was nearly eaten by a shark, and that made him want to become a shark scientist. A sharkologist. A shark... A shark statistician. My brain went, sharknado, that's the word. No, no, strangely, that is not the word. It is a word, It is a word. speaking. But it's interesting also to compare that. You never have them compared side by side. Yeah. But compare that to Quint's experience with sharks that made him want to kill every shark in the world. Yeah. You know? Uh, but his thing about that, he doesn't at the end go like, like the, when they're paddling back to shore yeah. and, and Brody's like, yeah, I used to hate the water. The perfect little womp womp ending would have been Hooper saying, yeah, well, I used to love sharks. <laughs> womp, you know, yeah. instead he goes, huh, can't imagine why. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. So anticlimactic, that yeah. little last scene. You'd expect that last line to be a little more like. Of a little, you know, a button. That was yeah. not a button. Well, I, I genuinely... But I kind of appreciate that it wasn't in a weird yeah. way. I get the impression, and I don't know, you know, this, I know this is total headcanon speculation territory, but I really get the impression that, like, Hooper, as soon as he's, like, on dry land and has had a shower... Yeah. This is, like, he's so happy this all happened. Yeah, like, he's just going like, oh, if only we could have... He's forgetting that they just came through this by the skin of their yeah. teeth. And he's like... I would have loved like, to have gotten samples of that shark. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, I wonder if I could triangulate our location and go back out there with a boat and to yeah. dive team and maybe find the remains of the shark. You know, because, like, it's been blown to bits. Yeah. And they had their radio beaten up. Still not clear on why Quint beat up the radio. Um, but anyway. there's a, He never says why. Yeah. And Brody doesn't ask. He's just like, great, that's fucking great. There's a there's a couple of things that Quint does that are so inexplicable. Yeah. And that is definitely one of them where it's like, okay, yeah, he's, we're doing the whole, like, mad Ahab kind of thing. Yeah. But it's funny because, like, knowing that he's got this trauma and it's just like he's off the chain. Like, it's so interesting that there there comes a moment where they're like out on the water and he's in his element and it's just like mm-hmm. we're hunt we're hunting sharks like we ain't doing shit all yeah. else like i've been twiddling my thumbs for for all this you know for days and now yeah. finally i get to do it and i'm doing it for the most part my way yeah and, yeah there's just like 
there's a contentment to the character once they're actually doing the thing. Not when they're out on the water, but like once the shark's around, the shark's like circling them and everything, this dude's yeah. like, oh yeah. Yeah. It's not like, and he warms up to the guys, not just because he gets to know them, but because like. Now we're doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you're more more or less following my orders and we're working yeah. together and. It's all, it's all clicking together. God, that, that bit where he says something, he says something, he ignores something Hooper says. And then Richard Dreyfus does three things. Four things, yeah. right in a row. He's pulling like, all the faces. He does the like the the. I haven't seen that that gesture in ages. Yeah. You put your hand, uh, your left hand on your right forearm, and then you bring your right hand up with a fist. That much more <laughs> elaborate, fuck you gesture than just the middle finger. Yeah. He does that, and I went, oh, nostalgia. I haven't seen someone do that in a long time. And then he sticks his sticks. pinkies in his mouth and like pulls his mouth wide. And then he walks. Up to climb up to the top of the... I don't know boat terms. And he looks in the window and makes another expression. Sarah, he climbs up to the pilot house. <laughs> That's what that part of the boat is called. Oh, right! <laughs> oh... That's what a pilot house is. I knew that. That's why we had to watch this movie, Sarah. Oh my gosh, we're watching our first thing that has a literal pilot house in it. I can't believe we didn't... Oh, I didn't even put that together. Because I'd never heard that... You know, I'd never heard that term. Right. I've heard a lot of boat terms in movies and stuff. Yeah. Never heard that term until a friend suggested it. Brandy. Thank you, Brandy. The, her life, her love, and her lady is a scene. Yeah. That's her thing. But yeah, him pulling faces is just great. Yeah, I, and I was like, I hope that the script just said, you know, Hooper makes a face. Yeah. And and then Dreyfus is like, hold on, let me try a couple. <laughs> and, the, and the beard was like, ah, that's great, all of those. Yeah, yeah. The beard? The beard, yeah. He calls Spielberg the beard. Have you never heard that nickname for Spielberg? Dreyfus calls him that? No, or just people like do? people call Spielberg the beard. You've never heard that before. No, why? I do not know. I mean, he has a beard, but like lots of people do. In fact, Hooper has a pretty intense beard in this movie. Yes. He's the only one who has a beard in this movie, I just realized. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because Quint has a little mustache. Yeah. Quint's yeah. got a mustache and he's a bit scruffy. Yeah. Uh, and Brody's clean shaven. Brody's clean shaven. Sorry, I just need to take a moment uh, to appreciate the extremely 70s hotness of Roy Scheider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he was a, he was a good... He's got a, he had a good 70s face. He was born at the right time. Oh, yeah. To... Although, for like Dreyfus... Travis like, is a cutie. He is adorable. He's adorable. He's a cute little face. You're so young. I don't. I honestly don't think I've ever seen him this young. Yeah. I've seen him in things where he's younger. I grew up knowing him as like a dad aged person. Right. And I'd seen him in some things where he's a bit younger, but I think I think this is the youngest, and he's just like bright eyed and bushy bearded and <laughs> just <laughs> he's adorable. Bright eyed and bushy bearded. <laughs> It was pretty bushy. It was. It was really good. Like, it was that, that was that level of scraggle, like, it would have been a little shorter had this been made today. But it oh, was the, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. No, his beard is a bit crazy. And nobody yeah. comments on it. Nobody no. calls him a hippie or something. Right. He's just got a good beard. I just remembered. If you had another thought on that subject, go ahead. But I... I could talk about beards all day. Let's, yeah, let's I move on. Let's be real. You're the beard. There were several lines uh -huh. and or moments that I 
saw and went, oh, right, I forgot I knew this was in right. the movie. And some of them were very different from how I'd expected. Some of them were like, oh, yeah, there's that thing, the show me the way to go home scene. I knew that that song was sung in Jaws. Um, I didn't know the context of the scene, but it was like, oh, yes, they're drunk and just like having a good time. Cool. Uh, but the we're going to need a bigger boat line is that's such a famous line mm-hmm. and people deliver it in other movies. Mm-hmm. Every time I've seen it referenced in another movie, it was delivered way more dramatically than it was in Jaws. He just walks in and is like, we're going to need a bigger boat. And then Quint's just fuck around. He's like, we're, it's like the I was trying to tell yeah. you about that pa- Padme and Anakin yeah, yeah. meme. We're, we're going to need a bigger boat, right? He, he says it like, we're going to need a bigger boat. And then, but we're going to go get a bigger boat, right? And then a third time, he's like, but don't we have to go back? And then it fades out. The yeah. audio fades out to, no that, one cares, to another Bernie. scene. The movie is saying, shut up. We're not going to get a bigger boat. That line was ad-libbed. Really? I looked it up. It's so good. That is pretty freaking good. That, that explains why it's not like dolly zoom on his face. Yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat. It's true, though. Yeah. They should have had a bigger boat. They should have had a bigger boat. That I first learned that line from Clerks, as I think mm. many people did. And it's delivered completely out of context there because right. Clerks. For me, it was Buffy. Shark. Also, uh, in the Clerks animated series, which, yes, I have watched countless times and in my misspent college years could recite entire episodes from memory there's a bit where randall's saying he's afraid of he was after seeing jaws he was so afraid of water he wouldn't even sit on the toilet (laughs) and dante's like well that's pretty stupid randall goes sharks swim in water there's water in the toilet i rest my case sharks swim in salt water i have a salt water toilet It's, you know, apropos of nothing, yeah, a little yeah, bit in yeah. one episode. I remember what episode it's in. But I love that it also kind of harkens to the man goes in cage, cage goes in the water, sharks in the water, right. sharks in the water. Anyway, that's another line that I was like, oh, yes, I've heard that parodied. It's, but again, it's it's sort of Quint being weird. It doesn't yeah. mean, it doesn't really mean anything. There, he, he never has, like, there's no, like, punchline button on a lot of the weird Quint stuff, which yeah. I think is what makes him so endearing to me. And goes in the cage. Shark the It's not even as clear. I'm saying it more, like, cogent than he delivered it. Yeah, it's... What, what it comes across as, now that I'm, like, thinking through that scene, is that getting in a shark cage in the water on purpose is so far outside of Quint's cosmology. Yeah. That he can't process it. He's, he's not like, doing oh. a bit. He's not doing that dickish thing where he's yeah. like, "You're an." He's not calling. He's not saying Hooper like, "So you're idiot. gonna go in this cage, and this cage is gonna go in the water, and you're gonna be in the water, and the shark is in the water." He's just going like wrapping his brain around like, oh, "Yeah." So you go in the cage, and then the cage is in the water. It's. Uh, yeah, I, it's it like, might it's, have it's, even... I almost. I, I almost was waiting for him to finish it with like, and then what happens? Yeah, or. That takes balls. I like yeah. it. Or something like that. But it's like, just like... Yeah. It's just kind of like him going, oh. Yeah. I didn't... I, when you brought that cage on board, I thought you were fucking crazy. I didn't know what the fuck this was for. He calls it a monkey cage. Yeah. Like when he's making fun of Hooper's gadgets. It's it's another moment of of subtlety. It doesn't end on a punchline. It's yeah. just Quint being Quint. And it... It's interesting how there's so much of that 
in this movie that there there are things that kind of seem like they're setups that don't get delivered on. Yeah. You know, there's there's certain like little things with some of the townsfolk and stuff, like the way like the people are talking to Brody about some of their problems, like it, things that I think in a oh, lesser yeah. movie they would try to bring some of that stuff back and like give mm-hmm. it a button or whatever. The kids from they, the karate school. Yeah, yeah. Well, the nine-year-olds, only the nine-year-olds. The yeah. eight-year-olds have been perfect angels. But yeah. the nine-year-olds have been karateing the fence. <laughs> In front of, like, the bike rental shop or something. They show it later and he's like, look at my fence. Look what they did to my fence. Yeah. He's like, okay, okay, bye-bye. I love that part where the guy comes up to him and is like, there's people parking in front of my theater. Yeah. Whatever. He starts kind of rambling and he's blurred. You can barely see him because... Brody is looking, the watching the water, and he sees the shiny thing, and he's like, "Is that fucking?" And it's the old guy. I forgot also that that's a bad hat, Harry. I forgot that yeah. was. I can't remember what show, but there is a show I have watched all of, where the production company is bad hat Harry. Is bad hat Harry, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a that's bad hat Harry, and and every episode I watched ended with that. Yeah. Because I watched it pre-streaming, and so I saw all the way to the end of every episode. Right. Because it didn't automatically bump me over to the next one. It must have watched something on DVD. Somebody pull up the IMDb for Bad Hat Harry. We don't need to do it. But all that stuff is just texture. When you have the mayor wanting to keep the beaches open and Brody wanted to shut them down, there's such a feeling that this is a real place, that these are real people, that there's like a sense of danger. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you didn't have all that texture. I don't think this, the beach scenes would be as tense. Yeah. Cause it would just be like, who are all these random, you know, like yeah. it's just like whatever. Yeah. And the, you know, we were talking about these long establishing shots that you don't get as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Just long shots of a person not speaking or doing anything interesting. Just like, or long establishing shots. The, a number of shots they showed of people arriving at the beach on 4th of July. Yeah. Like, so many. The, the beach already seemed crowded, and they already established all of that tension mm-hmm. of all these people in the water and shots underwater and the shark shark vision and everything. They they already established so much of that, and then the fairies show up, and people are pouring off fairies, yeah. and tons of people are on the beach, and that's when you start going, oh my god, this is an order of magnitude more dangerous. Yeah. Like, so many more people are in danger. It's like a cheerful little scene of like, and tons of people are coming a-holidaying, and they've got their sun hats and their beach chairs, and they're all excited to be at the beach, and you're sitting there like, they're all gonna fucking die! Yeah. As much as I love Expo Log, which we talk about a lot on mm-hmm. this show, a well-crafted line that feels natural but also tells you a ton of information... I also really appreciate that they just took their time in this movie, like, just showing things. It it served to build the tension, which is what they were doing. Yeah. Better than one pithy little line of expo log would accomplish. And I, I think that's why those beach scenes are so intense and so uncomfortable. Yeah. Is because you know what's out there, and you know that something is going to happen, and then it just takes so long for anything to happen. Yeah. So long. Honestly. <laughs> when we finished the movie, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is why I don't watch this kind of movie. I am so tense. <sighs> it's, it's amazing how much tension the movie gets out of you, considering that like there are o- only five people die in this movie. Yeah. This movie does have an astonishingly low body count, all things considered. Wait, there's also the dog. 
We have to assume uh, that dog died. I, yeah, that's true. Uh, Six people die in this it, movie. Yeah. Well, if we're, if it's a body count, I yeah. say count the dog. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the shark, two sharks, two, more sharks than dogs die in this movie. Oh, that's very true. We should actually include that harmless shark that, well, yeah. maybe not harmless, but the, the shark that had Lice's, not murdered The shark that swam up on the Gulf Stream from Louisiana. Right? Oh my god. Yeah, that, uh, I didn't know, that was definitely one of those scenes that I was like, oh, I totally didn't know about this. I was kind of wondering, like, how is it already this, like, how did the beaches stay open after this kid was killed? Everyone's taking this thing, and this woman, the the, the mother of the kid mm-hmm. who dies, like, she amps things up by offering this reward and yeah. putting it in, like, national newspapers. Yeah. Like, I was like, how, how does it keep, how do they keep the, the beaches open after this and then when they show them bringing in the shark i'm like oh fuck they're gonna have this whole thing where they're convinced they got the shark oh like yeah this this yeah that was a whole thing that i didn't know that served just to build even more of the tension yeah. you know speaking of tension and being uncomfortable watching this movie uh-huh. i want to talk about the genuinely one of the worst jump scares in movie history, I think. Which one? Uh, The one with the dead body in the boat while he's, like, snorkeling at night. So, like... Yeah, did not care for that. That was... That one was scarier than any of the shots with the actual... Where the shark... Because there were several shark jump scares. And just the timing on that is so... Like, fantastic. The yeah. timing, the music, yeah. it's scary as shit. You're focused on the fact that he's found the the, yeah. the tooth. So, and, and, like, I knew it was coming, and it's still, like, it just, like, I didn't remember it being as bad as it was. So, this is, like, one of my favorite movie trivia bits of all movie trivia. Yeah. Is that that shot of the 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 prop corpse like revealing in the underwater in the boat yeah. was filmed in Steven Spielberg's swimming pool. <laughs> so the movie was done. They yeah. had test screened it for audiences and the way that the scene was constructed and set up the jump scare the uh, the scary music and everything yeah. was all constructed around when Hooper sees the body and freaks out. Cuz it was like, oh, the character notices and then it was like we're f- we're supposed to be following Hooper's fright. Yeah. And it just didn't work. It wasn't scary cuz like, you know, you'd be like, "Oh, it's a body." And then like 2 seconds later is the scary and then the yeah. the guy freaking out and everything. And so they actually reshot the whole scene so that the body appearing and him reacting like it all happens at once yeah. with that jump scare. And I think that's what makes Jeez. it so damn effective is that we see it at the same moment the character sees it at the same moment the music mm-hmm. hits it. It's like it's all built. And there's no buildup to that happening. I I mean, I thought it was a bit weird that he's like, let's tow the boat to shore. Uh, hold on. I want to take a look at the hull. Uh, shouldn't we bo- tow the boat to shore first? Well, we will. We will. But first I want to get in the water. And and he and Brody's like, um, that seems like a bad idea. And Hooper goes, relax. Nothing will happen. And I'm like... Hold the fucking phone. Hooper is supposed to be one of the voices of reason here. Yeah. If he's going to say, no, there's a reason that I should get in the water, I would expect him to give his scientific reasoning. Right. Like, 
Which I think is... He's not likely... He's already, you know, fed here. He'll be off looking elsewhere. He won't stick around, although that flies in the face of the whole territoriality theory, which I pushed up this guy to. He just goes like, no, it'll be fine. And I'm like, what? 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 No. The only reason that I'm not totally freaking out is I'm pretty sure Richard Dreyfus survives for more of the movie yeah. than this. But it was like, he's like, it'll be fine. I'm just going to get in the water. Now, once he finds the tooth, I thought to myself, oh, okay. If they towed it to shore, some things might have been disturbed. Right. They might have lost some things. But he doesn't say that. Yeah. I need to see it in situ. But the, I'll only be in the water for a minute. It'll be fine. Or something right. like that, you know. That's that thing where the movie's not. Again, it can't. That can backfire. Yeah, I thought that one was time where okay, a little more talking maybe would have helped. A yeah. little more explanation because I was like, why is he being dumb? He's saying this seems out of character now. Yeah. For him to say nothing will happen. Why? Why do you think that? What is your evidence to support that nothing will happen here? But anyway, when he dropped the tooth, I went like, no, he dropped the tooth. Now he's not going to be able to prove it. And then, of course, that's another thing with this stupid piece of shit mayor. Yeah. Did you see this tooth? You don't have a tooth? No tooth, no shark. Them's the rules. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, that that was that jump scare was hands down. There were at least a couple more. Yeah. Um, with, with all the other ones, I think, were with the shark. Yeah, I am. I love that moment where he's throwing chum. He's chumming the water. Yeah, yeah. He's like, ah, ch- get a load of this shit. And you've been so programmed. Yeah. To know that, like, they get you with the jump scare with the dead body in the boat because you're like, we're not hearing the shark music. It's not going to be the shark. Yeah. Something might happen, and then it's like totally unexpected to see like a body. Yeah. Like, you weren't expecting that, but like, by the time the shark comes after the chum. You've been so programmed. You've had like an hour and a half of just being told like you will hear dun 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 before Bruce shows up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh my god, it's Bruce. Yeah. Speaking of Bruce. Hi. <laughs> Speaking of Bruce. Let's talk about Bruce. So, uh, I, as I mentioned in yeah. what we know, like this is a known thing. I think it's a well-known fact that the sh- they made the shark. The shark was going to be on screen a ton. And then they went, oh, this shark does not look so good. And then they ramped way back, and that's what made the movie scary. All that considered, the shark was way better looking than I expected. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I'd heard so much about, like, the first shark they made sank once it got wet. It made it out of the wrong kind of foam or whatever. I've heard so many, like, funny stories about, you know, this this wacky shark and how, how much trouble they had with this robot shark that I was prepared for it to look bad. And then it actually looked... Pretty damn good. Like, once you got really close up, there were definitely some moments where I went, oh, okay, I can see the seams, as it were. Yeah. Metaphorical seams. But, honestly, no more than when you watch a movie from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and it's like, oh, that CGI shot doesn't look so great now. Not, like, comically bad. Just like, oh, I can, I can kind of see that and that's a green screen or something. This like, has aged way better. Oh, I mean, yeah. this movie is almost 50 years old. And it yeah. has aged so much better because of how tactile that still is. Yeah. there, there The moments where I went, okay, that sh- the shark looks a little less real in this moment. It was it was no more unreal than, than something, yeah, I would expect from 15 or 20 years ago to look. So... Mm-hmm. For this to be as old as it is, is is really, it's it's quite amazing. And the music was still so effective. That music, both the like, 
and the dun 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 part. Like, it's been parodied and used in commercials and cartoons, and I've been hearing that theme my entire freaking life. Yeah. In comedic situations, and it was still so effective and so good at the building tension, Mm -hmm. and then the not building tension so they can jump scare you in times when, you know, they're tying to on purpose. I was really surprised that it was still so, so effective. Like, you know, I think this John Williams guy might be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got a bright future ahead of him, that kid. It's funny, when he showed that to Spielberg, Spielberg was like, well, no, but really, John, what did you want to use? And John was like, this. Yeah. And Spielberg has since publicly been like, it absolutely made, the movie would have been half as good. Yeah. Without that. And, you know, that thing... <laughs> It's just so, it's, it's so, so spooky. I guess I was just, I'm sorry, I was just having it thinking to myself, like, how did he even come up with that? Like, It's just two notes on the bass. It is really weird to actually, sorry, for the first time in my life, I'm actually thinking about that music in a, imagining it coming into being. It's just been a part of the world. It's been a part yeah. of the fabric of existence my entire life. And I'm really going like, damn, how did he come up with that? It's, yeah, it's so simple. And so freaking effective. I'm really, really... Well done, John Williams. I mean, I gotta get... I gotta hand it to him. There were definitely some weird music cues, though. There were moments that were a little more like, we're on a fun sea voyage! We're adventuring on the high seas! At times when I was like, I expected this scene to be a little more dramatic. But also, those scenes were appreciated because it gave a second for the tension to dissipate and for you to, like, breathe so they could ramp it back up. Like, a movie where they try to keep the tension going the whole time mm-hmm. is even more exhausting. Like, well, well, that leads into the last big thing that I wanted to talk about from rewatching this is something that I've started to notice about watching some of these older films or occasionally a modern movie will do this where I it's what I would describe as a complete experience. Yeah. It's not just trying to be exciting the whole time. It's not just trying to be scary the whole time. Like there's a, there's a really popular film style right now that a a lot of the a 24 horror movies do where it's just like constant ratcheting tension the whole goddamn time. And even when it's like a wide shot of like a field and there's like a girl picking flowers, you're like, what's about to explode. Yeah. What's like the whole movie is a powder keg the whole time. Yeah. To the point where once it finally, whatever the scary thing they've been building to happens, you're just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, I can breathe. But it's like, Jaws is like, definitely has tension and builds tension and sometimes for a very long time. But then there's really endearing scenes. There's really funny scenes. Yeah. There's, there's... Even in that first half of the movie yeah. where a lot of it is tension over the, lo- the, the, the mayor and also over the shark all of that there's still moments like yeah the the that little thing where oh my god where brody's sitting at the kitchen table or the dining room table and he's like putting his hands on his face he's rubbing his eyes he's you know steepling his hands and his son is doing yeah everything he does and it happens very gradually and then they have a cute little moment and he's like give me a kiss why because i need it all right now get out of here I'm a New York dad in the 70s again. But but there doesn't have to be a scene later where his kid's in danger and he's like, that's my son! But the little kid is never in danger. I wondered too, the kid uh, who played the younger son, mm-hmm. Sean, 
I noticed, like, he has a very distinctive face, and he doesn't particularly look like either of his parents, are they the actors. And then later, when they show him on the beach, like, crying when there's the, the shark is in the pond thing. Yeah. Although, the guy who dies in that scene is credited as estuary victim. So is it a pond or an estuary? Get it right, beard. But, like, when they show the kid crying on the beach, a kid alone crying while panic is happening is always a very effective shot to establish children are in danger. But I wondered in that moment, did they cast a kid with a really distinctive face so you would know in that moment? This isn't just one of many children crying on the beach. This is his child. Yeah. I I think so. I think it's that... That's that excellent, you know, visual storytelling again. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just such a complete experience. Yeah. You have these, these family dynamics and you have these, you know, fun scenes with Quint being super weird. You know, it's, it's almost like there are several different movies all happening at once. You know, Mm -hmm. you have kind of like small town politics drama with an idiot mayor, you know, it's like, yeah. But then the way that these, these different kind of storylines intersect is always really exciting yeah you don't you don't i was just realizing you'd almost expect there to be some kind of story with his kids about like his kid doesn't respect him and then he comes back with the shark's head and the kid's like you're a cool dad or whatever or like he's he's not paying enough attention to his kids he barely notices what they're doing and then he has to save one of them from a shark or something it's like it's yeah it's it's not that yeah there's no, yeah, we don't even get the moment at the end with them back on shore. And I, I love that stylistically because I feel like whatever happens after the big thing that people have to go deal with alone or in isolation like that, it often is is a really difficult sell for me as a viewer because like I've had things in my life where I go off somewhere very isolated and something very important or difficult happens and then you, you bring that experience with you back to everybody else, and usually people don't understand it. Yeah. You can't verbalize it. You can't talk about it, you know. it. It's difficult to talk about the crazy shit that happened beyond, you know, over the horizon. And so to kind of have this moment where it's like Brody and Hooper kind of are like joking and laughing and like whatever, you know. And you like kind of see that Brody's maybe gotten over his fear of the water and all that. And then you see that they made it to shore. You know, you can see their little buoys, like, right there at the beach as the credits Oh, can roll. you? Yeah. I didn't even see that they were there. Yeah. I thought it was weird that the final shot that the credits are over is just a beach. Yeah. And I thought, is that supposed to give us the idea of, like, it's okay, you, the viewer, are back on land. Yeah. And they will soon be, too. I didn't yeah. realize that they were actually in the shot. But there's, there's no, you know, scour, scouring of the Shire or whatever, you know, in this story where they come back and, like, the mayor is all like, that's why I tasked Chief Brody to go deal with the Shire. You know, it's like whatever happens yeah. after this is almost not important. Yeah. Because. Yeah, this like this movie is one of the shortest denouement I've ever yeah. seen. The denouement is basically like, Brody's alive. Hooper's alive. Quint, not alive. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Done. And scene. And movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's like, yeah, the, the, it's the end of the roller coaster. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it's, I was a little bit like, I, th- I said, that's it? Out loud. I mean, yeah, almost, you know, like, it's like, how modern movies have programmed me is almost like they swim up to shore and like Samuel Jackson is like sitting there like, 
So look, uh, we need guys <laughs> who could do shit in the water. <laughs> well, honestly, when I said Are you familiar with the Sea Avengers initiative? <laughs> when it cuts to the shore and then credits start, I went, that's it? And you did not respond? And my brain went, oh, Strange is not responding because there's a post-credits sequence. And I went, what am I thinking? <laughs> 1975, there's a post-credits sequence. Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, jeez. I have never watched any of the three sequels that were made, that right. came out, you know. This um, time it's personal. Yeah, because, like... Isn't I, there one where, like, Quint's daughter fights a shark or something? I don't know. I know that there's one where it's, like, the shark's mate. There's, like, some sort of, like, raw... The shark is, like, out for revenge. There's the, uh, Jaws 3, I think, is, like... The shark's mate is now the one who's... Yeah, yeah, it's, like, Jaws 3 colon the revenge or something. No, Jaws 3 is in 3D. It's Jaws 3D, right? Isn't it? I, I could be wrong. One of them, there's a revenge, definitely. Yeah, Jaws definitely. something to revenge. And then uh, my favorite uh, knockoff, like shitty knockoff, Me Too, Asylum style thing is there's a movie called Orca. <laughs> Which is the name of his boat. Yeah. Which is a thing that it, like somebody typed in IMDb trivia for that. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> oh. I almost, I almost feel like the person who decided that movie should be called Orca and should be about an orca did not actually know that that was the name of the boat. <laughs> I feel like it's possible that person was like, all right, what do we, it's gotta be a, it can't, it can't just be a, a great white shark. Like, great whites are, are, are done. Well, Finished. It's like, if you want to indicate that the movie is scary, wouldn't calling it Killer Whale be better? Yes, it would. It's like... Is it is that movie really a movie? Like, Jaws style, but it's about an orca whale? Yeah, it's like... It, it's an actual movie movie, like, with some pretty serious budget put into it. It's not oh, like really? a... Oh, really? Yeah. It's not Jaws in Japan? No, no, it's it's much more... <laughs> I mean, it's still... It's a, it's a, I'm just remembering that clip we oh, watched yeah. from Jaws in Japan. Just hot college girls... In wet t-shirts running away from a shark in slow motion. That's Jaws in Japan. It's so good. Oh. As we're sort of coming to the end of our general chat on this, I know normally we'd go into segments, but like, cliffs and ships? <laughs> I ship the orca with that, that, that fishing boat that had a dead body in it. <laughs> I kind of want to take a moment to address that I had never seen this movie for a very specific reason. It uh-huh. didn't just, I never got around to it. This is not the kind of movie that I usually enjoy. I have a very low tolerance for scares and gore and violence mm-hmm. and just the, just the, the tension. That stuff too is really yeah. hard for me. So now I have seen the thing. Mm-hmm. The reason that I wanted to watch Jaws was partially because I started listening to this other podcast that talks about horror movies as a way of sort of... Experiencing a cultural thing that you maybe can't do. Yes, I can't actually watch these movies, but I'm curious about what they're about and what people like about them and what they mean to people. And also kind of a little bit of like exposure therapy or whatever they call it, right? But like from a very, very, very misty distance. I hear someone else describe the thing and then I'm kind of like, okay. And... Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal did a comic about this phenomenon recently that, like, uh, it's a a group of people at a party and someone goes, hey, everybody, want to be terrified and uncomfortable for two hours? 
And then someone else goes, ooh, and maybe occasionally horny. And then the, the caption says, uh, horror movies are going to be one of the most difficult things to explain to aliens. <laughs> yes. Perfect. It's just, it, ooh, and occasionally horny? Yeah. You know, what, what is it about that, too? But, yeah. I mean, yes, the uh, I've never understood horror movies. And, I mean, I still don't. This hasn't changed it. Um, this one definitely is... I mean, the reason I wanted to watch Jaws is it's not a slasher movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm never going to watch uh, your, 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 your Jasons, your Freddies, your Michaels. Yeah. Those are not going to be for me ever. But listening to this podcast about horror movies with Gorley and Rust, if anyone's uh-huh. interested, um, it made me feel like a little more comfortable with this as a concept. And I still, like, I know my limitations. Shaun of the Dead gave me nightmares for months so there's that piece of information oh also i was at a party once where people were watching the movie teeth and i am still traumatized by that and that was over 10 years ago but something about this movie it's so iconic Mm -hmm. and it felt like there would be more going on than just blood and guts and sharks eating people uh, which there was um so much more yeah yeah which is why i wanted to i tackle this and why i messaged you and said Hey, have you seen Jaws? Do we want to maybe do Jaws? Because at the end of last season, we said our first movie we were going to tackle was going to be MASH. And we were going to do a comparison of the MASH palette and the MASH movie. We are still going to do that in the future. Worry not. MASH heads. But uh, the reason I suggested Jaws instead is I kind of went, that might be the perfect one for me to try to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch any of these horror movies that I've been hearing about. First of all, it's got a lot of things I've already heard of. A lot of things are kind of spoiled for me. I know a little bit about how it goes. But also, the it, I wondered if it would be true, and it was, that the distance of time did help me be sort of distanced. Not only in, like, just the knowledge of this was in the past, and not only in the, like, effects not being that good, because actually they were quite good, but also... Um, the visual storytelling being so different as we've been describing and not just visual the the dialogue as well helped keep me slightly out of the story because it's not what i'm used to and that actually helped me in watching it so i even though i really enjoyed a lot of the things that were different about it weirdly the fact that it kept me slightly out of outside of the story Mm -hmm. was good for me personally I think it's really interesting that you brought up the fact that you knew so much about how this was going to go. Yeah. And yet you were still scared and intrigued and drawn in. Well, I couldn't remember who all survived in the end, so that helped. But, like, you even mentioned, you know, you turned to me at one point and you're like, ah, it's good they keep showing these uh, oxygen tanks and saying they're explosive. I thought that'll come. Like, you knew knew knew, the final kill and everything. But also... I thought it was like he shoved it into the shark's mouth, the shark bit down on it, and it went kablooey. Yeah. So the 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 additional part where the shark swims away, and then he has to shoot him, that was actually still very tense. Because yeah. I was like, how's it going to happen? Is he going to hit it? Yeah. Is he going to run out of ammo and then throw the gun at him? Yeah. Like, how is this? Yeah, I, it was still, there was still tension because I didn't know exactly how it was going to come about. Right. So yeah, all the things that I knew... I'm pretty sure I had either seen or seen parodied the part where the Jaws is getting at the edge, of, oh, at yeah. the bottom of the boat. He's like eating the boat. Yeah. And I was pretty sure that Quinn at least got 
seriously injured, but I didn't know if he just dragged him off yeah. or if he like did did quit survive or did he you know what was the what was the whole thing? Side note, very interesting to me that in Mallrats where there is a bunch of characters that are named after characters from uh-huh. this, Brody is the like sarcastic asshole and Quint is the like adorable cinnamon roll who just mm-hmm. wants to be nice to his girlfriend. <laughs> It's an interesting choice. Yeah. He clearly wasn't trying to hammer too much on it. He just right. used the names because he likes the names. They're good names. Yeah, they're good names. Also, Brody Bruce is his full name of Jason Lee's character in Mallrats. That's Rats, adorable. Right? Yeah. Wa- I'm sure there's somebody named Hooper in that movie. There must be. There, there has to be. I haven't watched it in a long time for good reason. I want to get back to the point I was sure, making, sure. though, about... Really? Do you want to how- get back to the point? <laughs> Should I stop talking about Mallrats? Sorry. No, it's okay. About how, but about how much you got out of this with how much you already knew about what was going to happen. Yeah. I feel like, and this is not an original thing to complain about or bring up, but there's such a culture nowadays around avoiding spoilers and being worried about spoilers as if knowing that the shark dies at the end of the killer shark movie is somehow going to ruin your experience. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, yeah, surprises are great. And, and I enjoy being surprised by movies as much as anyone else. But I think what's so fantastic about this movie is I have seen it before. Granted, 20 years ago, but I have seen it before. Like You know I, basically what happens. Well, like I mentioned earlier, I knew that one jump scare was coming. And still, I like just about crawled up the back of the couch. Because it's, yeah. like, it's so effective. And I think that that is something that, for me, if someone says to me, like, oh... Sorry, I revealed that, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's like, I knew that before I ever saw Star Wars. Right. And it really doesn't affect how good Star Wars is. Because, like, yes, having that gut punch reveal must have been amazing if you didn't know anything going in. But at the same time, like, what makes Star Wars so good is a lot of what makes Jaws so good is that there's just so much texture. And there's it's such a living, breathing world that you kind of sink into and you kind of, you're hanging out with these characters and you're watching them interact with each other. And they're having these little moments, you know, um, when uh, Chewie and R2-D2 are playing chess on the holographic chessboard. Right. There's no plot being served by that other than, you know, arguably showing that Chewie is a thing that will fuck you up like <laughs> at some point, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like they're, they're spending time in the, these, these, te- the texture yeah. And I just, I want more of that for my movies. Like, I feel like even if you had like a bulleted plot outline of the movie Jaws, it wouldn't compare to like seeing how that's all executed and played out. And just yeah. the way the shots and the music and the tension is built. It's like, yeah, again, every scene I'm like, okay, well, I know this is going to be a fake out with the kids with the fin yeah. and all that, you know, but it didn't matter because I'm like, Where's the sh- as soon as the fins revealed, it's almost more stressful because it's like, where's the shark then? Well, and then the, when that girl sees the shark and goes shark, shark, you're like, oh no, now nobody's gonna listen to her because yeah. they're just thinking it's residual freak out yeah. from the fin. Um, she's repeating what she heard someone else say, or she's gonna be drowned out by other people being yeah. like a fake shark. Yeah, oh, God, just that. Even though people do actually react pretty quickly on that, yeah. it's still just that moment where you're like, oh, no, no one's going to believe her. Yeah, it's Brody's like, reaction where he's like, what now? He's like, like oh, my God. 
Wait a minute. Hold on. This might actually be the real thing. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Now, it's a lot. But yeah, the, I think our main, our final verdict, kind of like wrapping it up at the end note, yeah. really is that this is the mark of a good film. Yeah. That you'd seen it before. I had had so much of it just exposed over many years of my life. That's Through just cultural been, osmosis. Yeah, just yeah. the fabric of my universe has involved so much the influence of Jaws and references to Jaws, the music, everything was still so effective and it was still a good movie and still scary as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. I've cursed more in this episode than I think I have any other episode. Uh, I told a friend of mine, our, our wonderful friend Josh Kagan, that I was going to be watching this for the podcast and, he, and I was like, I'm a little nervous because it's scary, but he's like, oh, you'll love it. It's a tremendous picture. Which is- <laughs> But you know what? He's right. It is a tremendous picture. And on that note... Bye! Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, CJ and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. I just want like a whole series of things of like of Hooper just going around the world like dealing with like ocean creatures like yeah like he's a, like a giant squid yeah that should have been the way that they continued the series or did sequels not like oh there's another shark in Amity Highland who could have foreseen this yeah but instead it could have been like Hooper going around the world yeah. You have a movie called Tentacle. Get this. Get this. All right. I'm pitching this. Okay. It's too late, but we'll get a time machine. Uh, Brody and Hooper go on like a a speaking tour. Uh Uh-huh. About the show. Which Hooper would arrange for, you know, because for scientific reasons. And Brody kind of goes like, sure, I could deal. I could handle being away from Amity for a little while. He's a vacation. Yeah. Right. So they go on like a speaking tour or something talking about the experience uh, of and, and and Hooper's talking about the science stuff, but Brody's still there for like some you know human interest angle or whatever. And while they're in another country, they like go on a boat mm-hmm. to like t- interact with some other marine biologists or whatever, and they get attacked by a giant squid or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Netflix call us. <laughs>